Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Jam packed on a Wednesday. Hall of Fame day goes as expected. We've got all kinds of problems with it. We will have Buster coming up, Hembo's Got Thoughts, and Mad Dog Russo later on the program. Meanwhile, football's Final Four should be fun. We got Brady stuff. We got Roger stuff. We got Sean Payton stuff. We've got stuff for days. It's a Wednesday. Let's do this. Here we go. go, go. Only one place to start. Well, we're going to start with the football today because Kmart is good enough to hang out with me here, my beloved Kimberly Martin. And then we will dive deeply into the Hall of Fame stuff with Buster a little bit later in the hour. But right now, Kmart with the Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. As always, thank you, Kimberly Martin. There is no place I'd rather be. Then on the Greeny radio show after doing Get Up with Greeny. I mean, Hello. Don't, you don't get enough of me. That's basically what it is. You just, no you don't, it's not quite enough of dealing with me. <laughs> uh, and so we do it. Such interesting topics today. I, I want to start, I want to start with, before we get to the coaching stuff, with the two legendary quarterbacks and their futures. Because if there's one thing as I've gotten to know you it, it, that I really enjoy <laughs> is the way you make relationship analogies. You can tie anything to a relationship. So let's talk about Rodgers. The relationships in Green Bay are something that we have been talking about now for mm-hmm. almost a full calendar year. The way that it comes to an end and the things that he said with Pat McAfee yesterday and all of the tea leaves that you are reading, what do they add up to you? I, I think this way because I was a psych major undergrad at Westland. So I, am, I, want, I wanted to be a relationship counselor, actually. So this is why my brain is triggered like this and football is all about relationships. When I hear Aaron Rodgers talk about, you know, this won't be a weird standoff. You know, I'll make a decision. I won't drag this out. If he wanted to come back after the way he played and the way they lost, I would think he would sit down on Pat McAfee's show and be like, we, there's no way we could go out like that. We are too good. I am too good. We're going to run that back, and we're going to do it and win a Super Bowl. Like, I would expect that energy as opposed to, well, we just got to see. You know, Devontae doesn't want to be, you know, a franchise tag, so that's got to be taken care of. I don't really want to be part of a rebuild. You know, there's a lot of guys' contracts up in the air. He's talking about all the things that don't, you know, it, it, I said this on Get Up. It felt like heading into the season, one foot was already out the door. The way that season ended, to me, it seems like the, both feet are out the door, slam shut in my opinion. I, I, I think you're right. Of all the different things that I considered as we looked forward to whenever it was that Green Bay season would end and mm-hmm. Rogers' decision would be upon us, the one I never really considered was he plays badly and they lose. You know, like that. <laughs> because it, this team was so complete. One of the best team all season. And, and for them to go out with a fizzle. You look at his playoff history, and, yeah. and it is a lot, there's a lot of it being written incorrectly right now. Like, he played a bad game yes. Saturday night. They he does, they've lost a lot of playoff games. He has not played badly. Mm-hmm. I mean, he loses playoff games 51 to 45. Mm-hmm. The NFC Championship game last year that everyone keeps pointing to, he threw for 346 yards and three touchdowns. They didn't lose because Aaron Rodgers didn't play well enough. Mm-hmm. This time they did. So how that factors, at least in part, because of that. So how that factors psychologically into this, I really have no idea. But I agree with you. Listening to him with Pat yesterday, the idea that he's coming back doesn't even enter the mind. Like right. it, it doesn't even right. seem like it's on the right. list of options now, right? Right. No, it just you didn't listen to that interview thinking, yeah, Aaron Aaron wants to be back in Green Bay. 
it's it's we will have a short it won't be a long conversation it'll be simple conversation we'll we'll hammer it out i don't i want them to you know i want to make a decision so that other because other people's lives and livelihoods are at stake so no i don't see aaron in green bay unfortunately because i do think that's actually despite his playoff history I actually do think that's the best place for him to win a Super Bowl. Well, we talked about it on, on Get Up. The division is obviously not very strong. There are reasons. Right. Uh, just staying out of the AFC might be the best reason mm-hmm. when you look at the murderer's row yep. of young quarterbacks QBs, man. that they've got. I'm Greeny. We're presented by Progressive Insurance with insurance for cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and commercial vehicles at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. Obviously, the other legendary quarterback we're talking about is Tom Brady. And when he said what he said on his podcast the other night, when he used the word satisfied, mm-hmm. immediately Dominique Foxworth <laughs> focused on that. He, 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 he dug in on that. But you were more interested in the stuff he said about his family. Yeah, you know, because I'm not equating myself to Tom Brady in the least. But, Greeny, you're a sports writer. You're a sports writer. That's how you start. You understand what it's like to have your entire life dictated by sports and the NFL calendar. Like, that is what my life is dictated by, the NFL calendar. Does my husband love it? No, he does not. Do I ever see my husband? No, he does not. And I am not even close to being the greatest quarterback of all time. But it does cause – you have to have those conversations. And the more seasons you cover the NFL or cover sports as a beat writer, comms or whatever, TV person – it takes a toll because now you're not spending time at home. So for Tom Brady, who you reference on Get Up, Giselle Bunch and his wife mentioned the concussions and the hits back in 2017. Mm-hmm. It is now 2022, and we are wondering if this man at 44 years old will still continue playing football. That The, the family aspect... I think he's been selfish a lot, and that's not a knock on Tom Brady. I think any Jordan, any great uh, Tiger Woods, any great athlete, greatest of his, t- his or her time, has to be selfish to, to reach that potential that they have to work, to grind, to put everything, all of that focus into this one goal of being the best. Other things have to be sacrificed. The question is, has, is Tom Brady in an unwinnable situation where – I have to appease my wife at some point. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's satisfied at all because I think he's a maniac. I think that's what makes him great. But at some point, you do have to have a happy home because what else? Football will not always be here, but your family will be. Yeah, look, he's done it all. Yeah. And and, and you continue to work. At least I don't know this, but you continue because you have to, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and no, I'm not me. independently wealthy. Right. I have to keep working. Yes. I, 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 he, Brady has hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. He married a woman who's worth even yeah. more money than yeah. that. So you don't have to from that perspective. Mm-hmm. His brands are yes. enormous and will be forever. He can be as busy as he chooses to be, whether that's very busy or not so busy going forward in his life. All those are factors that most people can't comprehend in his set of circumstances. So we'll see what he winds up doing. Meanwhile, let's go Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. What is Sean Payton going to do? Sean, uh, is Sean Payton going to unseat Dominique Foxworth on the get-up set? I, <laughs> I, I would pay to see that, honestly. Um, no, it sounds like he's... You're saying you want him on Wednesdays instead of Neek? Uh, hopefully Dominique's not listening, but yes, I would take, that would be an upgrade. Sean Payton over Dominique. We yes. have such a nice dynamic. Yeah, we the three do, of us but, sitting uh, here on Wednesdays. but you know, you and I, like we carry Dominique every Wednesday. <laughs> It'd be nice if, if somebody like Sean Payton could carry me once in a while. Uh-huh. Uh, no, just kidding. Love Dominique. Uh, I, I think TV is in his future. He'd be great listening to that press conference yesterday. He would be a master at television, but the fact that he even brought up as he's saying goodbye to new Orleans and the saints, 
that, you know, coaching, I'm not closing the door on that either. Mm -hmm. And people that I talked to yesterday, uh, once this news broke, said he is most certainly, definitely going to end up in Dallas. It's not a question of if it'll happen. It's a question of when. And right now, maybe he wants to take a year off. But if I'm Jerry... I get in my Jerry mobile and I drive to Metairie now and I try, I talk to Gail Benson and I say, what, what is it that I could do to get, okay, I'm going to do a Jerry impersonation, but do whatever you can to get a Sean Payton because as we said on Get Up, there, Sean Payton's, the Mike Tom, like those great coaches that stay with their organizations for a very long time. It's been 16 years this man has been in New Orleans, uh, a fixture, an icon in that, in that um, area. But more importantly, from a football perspective, you're a QB. He works wonders. He works wonders. And that's if you're Dallas, who has a roster built to win now, I, I can't imagine Jerry Jones not being enticed by that. And before I'm straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. Before you say, well, why would New Orleans do that? Well, they might be entering a rebuild now. Mm-hmm. And if so, what do you need? You need draft picks. Mm-hmm. And that's what you would get for him. The Cowboys would owe them compensation. He probably wouldn't. So Jerry will go over and he'll say, now listen, Gail. Now listen. Uh, my coach <laughs> has me feeling lower than a rat's rump, and I need I need to talk to Sean. Um, I, I can't do that's Jerry, what he gets, but no, I would rat's like rump, to. rump, I like though. Well, I, like I know that. all the expressions, but I, like I, can't, I can't get the accent down. Uh, one more thing, because I got, I got the crazies here. I got uh, Nuno. Who's the coach of the Giants going to be? It, it, right now, it looks like it's going to be Brian Dable, the Bills' offensive coordinator. They're introducing Joe Shane, their new GM, an assistant GM in Buffalo. The mm-hmm. ties are obvious. Uh, they will have, the Giants will bring in Brian Flores. Um, Patrick Graham, their DC, will interview this week. But all signs are pointing to Brian Dable being the next head coach. Okay, and I think Nuno will like that. We'll talk about it later. And then I got all my Chicago friends want to know what they're going to do. Now, they hired Ryan P. Mm-hmm. to be their general manager and what was your what was your good joke Replacing on Twitter? Replacing Ryan P. Well, if, if the nameplate <laughs> on the office just said Ryan P., they You're don't golden. even have to change it. You're golden. They go from Ryan Pace to Ryan Poles. Yep. The reaction I noticed, I don't know anything about Ryan Poles, but people on Twitter were raving about that hire. Field Yates couldn't control himself. Uh, he was so excited <laughs> about the Ryan Poles hiring. Um, and, it's like they were brothers or something. Yeah. yeah uh, uh, no, he's very well respected. Who's he going to hire? Who's the coach going to be? That's, that's interesting because the Bears interviews from, from sources that I've talked to, uh, they seem to sort of be all over the place as far as what they're looking for. Um, I, I'm interested to see who they hire because it could be – it's anybody's guess right now. We do talk about um, – Dan Quinn having a lot of a lot of juice around the league. Um, I do wonder because they have a young quarterback in Justin Fields who they need. They need somebody who knows what he's doing. Not to say that Matt Nagy didn't. I don't want to disparage Matt Nagy, but like in Jacksonville, we've now wasted a year of development. Right. You need to get somebody who can establish a culture very quickly and can can groom a young quarterback um, in a division. If Aaron Rodgers is not there. A winnable division. Well, it, so Poles comes from Kansas City, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Eric Bieniemy has been in the offensive coordinator in Kansas City forever. It, it, it feels like his name has not been that frequently nope. used in this hiring cycle, mm-hmm. but in the past it has. Yes. Developing young quarterbacks. I mean, what more are we looking for? I am not sure, Greeny, because if Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy coming from Kansas City with the same questions about who's really behind the play calling. Well, it's Andy Reid's show. Right. Um, there's input from everybody, obviously, but it's Andy Reid's play calling. Well, then why were those two able to get head coaching jobs? And we've seen Eric Bieniemy work with Patrick Mahomes and this offense and win a Super Bowl. Like, the, the goalposts keep moving. So I agree with you. Eric Bieniemy's name has not been mentioned. Um, 
especially after being a hot uh, candidate last year and the year before. Oh, yes. I, f- I felt like it was just a, mm-hmm. a question of time, yep. and now it hasn't. And Peterson won a Super Bowl, so mm-hmm. it's not like there's no history of success there. Hey, did you know that several industries are projected to grow this year? If you own a business in one of those growing industries and need to hire, go to ZipRecruiter. They find qualified candidates for your job fast. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash As always, Kmart, thank you so much. You know I love it hanging here. Hanging around. Thank you. And you've got the AFC game this weekend? I do. I'm going to Kansas City. Was that the better? Uh, no, LA. You could have gone to LA. Yeah. You could have had the war. Yeah. No, don't bring that up right now. Don't bring that up. <laughs> How um, does that work? How do these assignments I, get I, handed out? You know what? Please ask my boss. I don't I don't know, Greeny. But I'm I'm. Is just, that Seth? Yeah. Talk, a, call it. Text him right I, now. I will text Seth. Text and I will say, right why now. is Kmart always cold? Every time I see you on television, you are freezing. And I will have another pom-pom hat this week and a <laughs> scarf. Yes. Thanks. Thanks. I will do what I can. Thank you very much, Kmart. You are the best. All right, coming up, obviously, uh, the the big story of the day yesterday, the Hall of Fame. It went about the way we expected. There is a lot of reaction. Buster will join us. We'll jump in all over that next. And Mad Dog Russo will give his perspective on a little later as well. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. I am Greeny. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. The assembled members of the hashtag crew are here. For the purposes of today, that is particularly significant for Hembo. I've said many times, I don't know anyone who knows more about baseball or cares more about baseball than Hembo does. And this is a big baseball day. But if there are anyone who are close, Buster only is one and Chris Mad Dog Russo was another. And they will both be with us. Russo a little bit later. Buster's going to join us in 30 seconds and talk about what happened with the Hall of Fame yesterday. That's after this word from Straight Talk Wireless. You know, cutting the price of your wireless bill feels really good. Actually, it feels great. You should try it. So cut your bill by switching to Straight Talk Wireless, now offering the $45 Silver Unlimited plan with 5 gigabytes of hotspot and nationwide 5G on America's largest, most dependable networks. The $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. A month equals 30 days. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. 
Breaking news, former slugger David Ortiz, Cooperstown bound, elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame in his first year of eligibility. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens fell short of the 75% threshold in their final year on the ballot. That's the story yesterday, and unfortunately, today is a lot more about those who did not get in than the one who did. Congratulations to Big Poppy David Ortiz, certainly a Hall of Fame-worthy player, goes in on the first ballot. I watched the video of him in the Dominican Republic with his family and Pedro there, and they were all hugging, and wonderful moment. Congratulations to him. Um, But the conversation today is about the players who made their last appearance on the ballot yesterday. Barry Bonds? Roger Clemens, and Kurt Schilling. People will put Sammy Sosa in that conversation. I feel like he belongs in a slightly different category. So for the purposes of today, I'm going to limit the discussion to Bonds, Clemens, and Schilling. As I welcome in Hembo and my buddy Robert Stanberry, only the third. You know him as Buster. Uh, So, Buster, I will give you the floor first. Um, Our mutual friend, Mr. Passan, wrote the other day, if Bonds doesn't get in, uh, it, what what's the word he used? A, a, a failure. A, a failure. A failure. That's the, excuse me. A failure on the part of the Hall of Fame. Buster, did this feel like a failure to you? Absolutely. Uh, and it was a, a, a train wreck you could see coming 10 years ago when the first time that Bonds and Clemens, who were two of the greatest players of all time, uh, were polling in the 30% range, far short of the 75% range needed. Uh, and, and, you know, knowing that, you know, these two players were getting the most scrutiny among the steroid era players because they were the best players. And that among their peers, there were thousands, literally thousands of players, uh, major league, minor leaguers who were taking PEDs, but these two guys were getting the most scrutiny because they were the best players. Uh, I didn't think they would get in, and that's where we are today. And I don't think uh, history will treat the writers kindly for for how they handled this. Uh, Hembo, do you agree that this is a failure? Not necessarily. I'm not surprised that it did not happen. Like I said on the show yesterday, I think you can make a good argument why Bonds and Clemens don't belong because they cheated, because their careers were not authentic. However, I do agree with Buster. They belong in the Hall of Fame because they are the two great. Bonds are the greatest player, and Clemens is the greatest pitcher that any of us ever saw. And so it's very clear to me they were not a product of steroids. And I agree with Buster in that they've had to sort of pay the price, sort of be the, the poster children, if you will, for an entire generation of, of cheaters. And Buster, I think you'd agree. There are certainly, or at least very likely, already players in the Hall of Fame that were cheaters. Yeah, there 100% are guys in the Hall of Fame uh, that use PEDs. And that Greeny, I heard you yesterday, I agree. You don't go through the names. There's no point in of dragging him into it. But that's the context. And that's the context you wish that the writers had acknowledged in their voting all along. Uh, you know, instead, because Major League Baseball effectively punted on this issue of legacy with the PED guys, they didn't, you know, as far as they're concerned, guys like Clemens and Bonds are members in good standing. Unlike Pete Rose, the Hall of Fame effectively punted on this issue, wouldn't clarify it for the baseball writers uh, in terms of you know, should they consider the, the steroid era players Should they not consider the steroid era players? And it was dropped into the lap of the writers. And I'm shocked that you have a group of journalists who've effectively allowed themselves to be deputized. It's the retro uh, active morality police um, on behalf of the Hall of Fame in Major League Baseball. It's a terrible place for journalists to be in. So so what is the better way? What I know you if I I don't want to say this in in case I'm wrong, You, you gave your vote up, right? Didn't you stop voting? 
for things like this? I did seven years ago for, for that exact reason, because I believe the Hall of Fame was tilting its rules against Bonds and Clemens in particular. And, and so is there a better way? Like people will, uh, Michael Wilbon was railing against the writers here. And I, I, I sort of feel a, a, a level to some degree of sympathy for the writers because you are put between a rock and a hard place. You, you, you have to make up your own mind. And maybe that's the way it should be done. And if 75% of them feel one way or another, then it's fine. But you have to make up your own mind. Well, how much weight am I placing on this? And how much historical perspective does belong? And how much should amphetamines matter? And how much should Ty Cobb's racism matter? And how, like, there, there are no rules for this. So each person is making up his or her mind uh, uh, on, uh, independently. Maybe that's the problem here, Buster. Is there a better way to do this? Well, and based on a character clause, which was essentially obsolete up until 2006, words that were drawn up by Kennesaw Mount Landis, <laughs> a segregationist who the writers kicked off of their MVP ballot, okay? Those are the words that they have allowed themselves to, to use as a guide. And I would push back on you at this point. You don't have to do that. If you're a writer, it's not like you're required to do it. Uh, and the baseball writers did ask the Hall of Fame to alter some rules, they did ask for the Hall of Fame with some guidance from the steroid era players. The Hall of Fame just said, no, I'm, we're going to let you guys take care of that. I wish the baseball writers had, had insisted upon guidance, insisted upon transparency. Um, and, and look, is there a better way? I don't know for sure, but I know this. If I'm a journalist, I'm not comfortable leaving myself in that position where I'm making the news as opposed to just reporting on it. Yeah, it's so it's so different from other years where we've talked about, well, how come this guy wasn't? I remember when Derek Jeter didn't get in unanimously and the whole world went crazy because someone didn't vote for him. And then Mariano does. And there was someone else a few years ago who didn't get in unanimously. Griffey. People were all mad. Griffey. Griffey. But those feel so small. You know, comparative to this, um, that, that I don't know. Now, now, Hembo, there is a mechanism by which these guys might still get into the Hall of Fame as soon as next year. For the fans who don't know, explain what that is. Yeah, so now that the players have exhausted their uh, um, eligibility uh, yeah, on, on the writer's ballot, Bonds and Clemens and Schilling, players whose careers... So the players whose primes were from 1988 to 2016 are now eligible for what's called the Today's Game Committee. And that's one of baseball's various committees. Uh, there have been a lot of players elected after their uh, Hall of Fame el- eligibility has been exhausted from the writers on committees like that. So this is not a story that's going away. All this, all, all, the only thing that yesterday means is that Bonds and Clemens and Schilling and others did not get in via the writers. But there is going to be an opportunity because all those players are going to need in a committee of 16 people is 12 votes to become Hall of Famers. And the, pla- and, and the gallery and the plaque room, it doesn't tell you how you get in. All that matters is that you get in. Is there a way of, of projecting what we should expect the Today's Game Committee to do with the steroid guys, Buster? Yeah, Greeny, I think eventually they will put them in the Hall of Fame because as time has gone on, there's been a thawing among the, uh, the Hall of Famers as older Hall of Famers have passed on and, and the younger Hall of Famers are brought in. For example, last night, David Ortiz. The youngest Hall of Famer said, yes, Bonds and Clemens should be Hall of Famers. Before Bob Gibson passed on, he gave voice to the, essentially saying, look, if, if steroids have been avail- you know, available to me, do I know for sure that I would have turned it down? No, he didn't know that. I've heard more and more of that from guys who are Hall of Famers. So I think they will uh, eventually uh, be the ones who put Bonds and Clemens in. And interestingly, um, once those guys get in, and I think it's inevitable that they do get in because of the greatness relative to the era, 
then I think it's actually going to pave the way potentially for Alex Rodriguez, for Manny Ramirez to get in, and maybe finally for uh, some of these core baseball writers, about a third of the writers who haven't voted for PD era guys to say, you know what? I'm just going to set aside that question and I'm just going to vote for the best players. Greeny and Buster and Hembo. And we're talking about what happened yesterday with the hall of fame voting. And look, I mean, a rod has numbers that you would suggest make him one of the five greatest players that ever lived. Um, we talked about Sammy Sosa. There's another player whose name doesn't come up much, although it did very much at the time who hit 569 home runs and three had 3,020 hits so he reached both of those magical plateaus, Rafael Palmero, and his name doesn't even enter this conversation. So the steroid guys go on their one side. Then there's Kurt Schilling. Schilling is the one that fascinates me. I'm just going to start with the most basic question. Buster, why did Kurt Schilling not get into the Hall of Fame? Because of things that he said, things that he posted on social media after his career is over. If I still voted, I would have voted for him. And, you know, full disclosure, I worked with him on Sunday Night Baseball. I would have voted for him because he was a, a Hall of Fame caliber pitcher, one of the best postseason pitchers of all time. But a lot of uh, voters applied the character clause about Schilling and things that he posted after his career was over. And I think they took literally words that Schilling said after the voting last year, in which he essentially said, I don't want to be considered by these writers who I don't respect. You know, so so what awards did he win while he was playing again, Hembo? He won the Branch Rickey Award, the Roberto Clemente Award, the Lou Gehrig Award, and the Hutch Award. Buster, as you know, those are baseball's four integrity awards, and Kurt Schilling throughout his career won them all. And, and so we have now decided that we're keeping Kurt Schilling out because we don't like his politics, mm-hmm. and yet Ty Cobb is in the Hall of Fame Cap Anson is in the, like, like, just give, give me a quick, get, for the fans who have no idea what I'm talking about, what, what did Cap, tell, tell us about Cap Anson. Cap Anson effectively erected the color barrier in baseball. He was baseball's first superstar back in the, you know, the, the 19th century, and he was, much like Kennesaw Mountain Landis, baseball's, uh, you know, commissioner starting about 1920, a segregationist. He, he, he did as much as any player ever has to keep base, to keep black players out of baseball, and it took 50 years after he was done playing for that to happen. So he's in the Hall of Fame. He's in the Hall of Fame. Ty Cobb's in the Hall of Fame. Ty Cobb's in the Hall of Fame. Ty Cobb's being a complete horses (laughs) you-know-what is as well-documented as anything ever has been. That's right. And so Schilling doesn't get in. Look, people have asked me what I think. I have no interest. I would not have dinner with Kurt Schilling, but I would vote for him for the Hall of Fame for sure. He was a Hall of Fame player. Now, his credentials, and this is why I wanted to ask you about this, Buster, are not nearly as cemented as Clemens and Bonds. They are two of the greatest that ever lived. Schilling was a guy who I believe was a Hall of Fame player based upon particularly his big game performances, but it wasn't yeah. quite the mortal lock that some of these other guys were. Does that factor into this at all? No, I think it all comes down to what he said and uh, posted in his as a retired player. I think that if the voting on Kurt Schilling as a Hall of Famer had been done uh, you know, immediately after his career, if there was a binary ballot, Yes or no on Kurt Schilling as a Hall of Famer immediately after he retired, he would already be inducted in the Hall of Fame. But as we know, that's not the process. All this other stuff that he did after he was a player came into the mix. And I'll completely back you up on this. I think every time the writers start to step out on that slope of 
I'm going to judge a player's character. Mm. Wow. <laughs> that is a dangerous place to be. And you just illuminated it with a history of all the guys who are already in the Hall of Fame. You know, Joe Morgan, who I think is the greatest second baseman of all time, a few years ago, he wrote a letter to voters saying the Hall of Fame is a sacred place and you got to keep it that way. And he was sort of uh, lobbying against the admission, the induction of steroid era players. And when I read that, with all due respect to Joe, I thought, no, it's not a sacred place. It's a baseball museum, for God's sake. It's not a house of the holy. No. That, now, now let, me, let me address that quickly. Yes, it is a baseball museum. But being named a Hall of Famer is something greater than that. It is something greater than being remembered. It is, it is the, the highest honor that you can have bestowed upon you in the game. So I, I, do, I do understand. I actually understand the rationale for keeping the steroid guys out more than I understand the rationale for keeping Schilling out. And let me make clear, I find abhorrent many of the things that I've heard Kurt Schilling say and write. So this is in no way a defense of him as a human being. But there, the, the, the idea that his quote-unquote morality, however it is you are defining that, which had nothing to do with his play, it feels to me like that is actually less justifiable than keeping out guys who did unquestionably cheat. I understand the rationale. I don't share it. But I understand the rationale of saying, these guys cheated. This is the highest honor I can bestow upon a player. I'm not going to bestow it upon someone who cheated at the game. Again, I don't agree with it, but I understand it. Buster, the other one I have a lot harder time understanding. I find the cases actually to be more comparable because of the context. Because the context that I witnessed, the idea that so many players are doing this stuff I, I, I got to believe they're probably somewhere in the range of, you know, five to ten players sitting there, uh, you know, during these induction ceremonies wondering, wow, I wonder why I didn't get nailed and those guys did. And privately, people within the industry laugh at the absurdity of all this, <laughs> at the selective justice of it. And again, I, I'm shocked at the, that you have this group of writers who let themselves be put in that position of being the bottleneck as opposed to saying, look, we don't want to deal with this mess about Kurt Schilling's tweets. You deal with it, Hall of Fame. You right. put in the players you want. Why don't they do that? This, Buster, why, didn't the, why don't the Hall of Fame and or Major League Baseball um, adopt? Because they can't like this. I mean, if you're Rod no. Manfred right now, you, you can't like this. Why, why can't they? And obviously they have other things to worry about right now, like the season that may never happen. But, but, but. In the, in the bigger picture, like, why wouldn't they want to adapt some sort of um, guideline so that, that writers can just vote upon what they should be voting upon, which is, was this player worthy of, based upon his play, of being in the Hall of Fame? Okay, from Major League Baseball's perspective, they don't want to deal with it because they have a relationship with the union. And so if they were to come out with some rule that anyone who was suspended for PDs isn't allowed in the Hall of Fame, that's not a fight that they want to take on from the museum's perspective, the Baseball Hall of Fame's perspective. They don't want to take this on because they want to be viewed as a neutral party. Although we know that, uh, you know, it's been very passive aggressive and rules that they've, uh, you know, decisions they've made, ha- which have gone against the steroid or, or era candidates, uh, have effectively steered the writers in a certain direction. And what they've, what they've done effectively is they've, they've essentially stacked up these writers in front of themselves like like sandbags, you know, taking machine gun bullets from the outside saying, hey, the writers are the ones who made this decision on right. the morality, the character clause, and all that. 
that's where we are. It's a bad setup. It's a bad setup. And, and now this, look, I mean, this will die away in a couple of days and, and, and maybe they'll just sort of keep it as it is. But if anything was going to cause them to make a change, I would think it would be this. Uh, Buster, you're the best. Thank you, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Randy. All right, we'll get back to some other stuff as we continue here, including a rule change that I am open to talking about, but not for the reason everyone else is. Greeny, the podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. I think I have to pick up on that thought. Uh, This is Greeny reminding you about the ESPN Daily Podcast, a deep dive into a single story from one of our great reporters every day presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, review ESPN Daily, available wherever you get your podcasts. Just a moment ago, Nuno just completely distracted me. I was going to get to the overtime rule change possibilities, and I will try and get to that. But Nuno, you just distracted me. So uh, for people across the country, Dave Rothenberg, he's appeared on this show many times. He and I are friends. I consider us friends. Mm. Um, And he is a crazy lunatic giant fan in New York. Uh, He makes Nuno seem like a cheerful sort. And, uh, and and I've always thought he and I were somewhat similar. Did you just tell me a moment ago, however, that when the Giants lost a playoff game, he had to leave his home and check into a hotel for two days? Bear in mind, this is a man who is married and has children. He checked into a hotel and left his wife and children behind because the Giants lost a playoff game. Am I hearing that correctly? That is correct. And one of the many deranged things that my friend Dave Rothenberg has done is the Giants lost and his wife, he left his wife and his young son at home for a couple of days. He checked into a hotel, you know, gorged on some chicken wings and just had to stay away from everyone. This is the same guy that after the Giants lost a heartbreaking regular season game, broke his wedding dvd and threw it out the window uh this was the same guy who threw a his uh treadmill against the wall cracked the window and blamed it on the help uh this is the same guy who spilt water and ruined his wife's laptop so yes he has done a lot of deranged things to say the least so so I guess I should ask, well, let me ask Bubba, because we haven't yet had a moment with Bubba. 
Um, what would be the most, like, what was the hardest you ever took a loss? We just were talking about this with Jim Kelly yesterday, and the dignity, comparatively speaking, that he shows is, is, <laughs> is stark when you consider Rothenberg. Um, wh- how would you describe the most, the strongest reaction you ever had to a defeat of one of your sports teams, Bubba? Yeah, I think like the two ones that come to mind were the the Beltron striking out and then the Des Bryant game. And yeah, I don't really have much of a reaction. I mean, if anything, you know, maybe I will swear or something, yell out. But like, I kind of just will just. You never broken anything? No, never, never. I just kind of cry. Sit did there you cry? Have you sit- ever cried? Have you ever cried as a result of a sporting event? No, I don't think so. No, I kind of just will sit there and like maybe in silence and just be upset and like stew over it. Are there generally other people around you? Like, are you watching these games with others? Yeah, I think. So. Yeah, I've been with. So I'll just kind of be like sitting there, maybe in silence and be really upset. But I've never. I don't smash things. I'm not breaking things and just going crazy. I'm kind of just probably just alone, just really just mad and and you know but I, yeah so i I'm will not, tell you two stories i'm also i also like to say i'm pretty impressed he's throwing a treadmill around that's yeah pretty, i mean that's it's a very no strong kidding. man it's stronger than he looks that's like hulk uh, you know <laughs> superman right there but one way or another i will tell you two quick stories the first of them was a legendary mike and mike story but the jets are playing cleveland in a playoff game winner goes to denver my father never forgave himself for this the jets are ahead two scores at late in the fourth quarter my father is on the phone with the airline. We're going to go to Denver. He never forgave himself for that and is convinced that's the reason the Jets lost. But the Jets lose. That's the Mark Gaston roughing the quarterback play. My father picked up a pillow and threw it in anger. And to his horror, it went out the window. We lived on the 25th floor of a building. <laughs> that could easily have killed someone. Thank God no one was hurt by that. Like, he threw it. There's a screen. It, like, smashed the screen and went through it. It, 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 it was an accident. And thank God we were immediately went racing downstairs. Please let no one be dead underneath this window. So that's a terrible story. The next story I'll tell you is my son Stephen is, like, 10 days old. The Jets are, so this is December of 20, uh, 2002. He's a baby, a baby baby. The Jets are playing a a, a very big late-season game. The fans will remember it. Wayne Corbett catches a pass and tries to jump over someone, gets spun upside down, and he fumbles the ball, and the Jets wind up losing. And I am livid, screaming, like losing my mind. Stace walks over and hands me the baby. She's like, you're going to need to calm down. I'm going to hand you this 10-day-old child. Look up the date of that game. Uh, Stevie was born December 10th, 2002. I'm telling you, it's within two weeks of that. And that, is, and, and I did. I had to, uh, unlike Dave, I didn't need to go to a hotel. December 16th. I, I calmed myself down. He was six days <laughs> old. And she hands me the, the, the infant, and it worked. I had no choice but to control myself. All right, we roll on in a minute. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.